Good evening. I'm just pausing my screen and welcome to this, the ninth podcast from the South African Equestrian Federation. My name is Georgie Roberts, and tonight we are going to be talking about something that I think is perhaps one of the only unifying elements of the equestrian industry, and that is our mutual loathing for flying insects and the distress that they cause our horses and by proxy us. Tonight in studio, we have our two guests, our pest control expert, Neil Loebscher, Laubscher, so Laubscher. you just told me, and Dr. Ross Hendry joining us again as our veterinary expert to talk about disease. So anyone wanting to focus on how to ideally control your pests this summer and keep your horses safe, this is the podcast for you. Thank you both for joining me here tonight. Thanks, Georgie. Good to be here. Thank you. So, um, First of all, and um, our veterinary expert can pop in here, do all flying insects cause diseases generally? Like how much of it is like mental distress, to be honest? Yeah. I mean, they're very irritating. So um, flying insects or vector-borne diseases, as we call them, are, I mean, there's so many diseases transmitted by insects. So definitely, um, if you can eliminate the insects from your yard, you're going to eliminate a a large number of fatal diseases. So um, uh, a lot of the insects do cause diseases um, and uh, we'll go through all of them. But um, yeah, look, I'm not saying every single flying insect like a cicada or uh, some of your you know, other like wasps and things, they're not going to cause any specific diseases, but your flies, your midges, your mosquitoes, um, they, they can certainly, and your ticks, I mean, they, they certainly can, can transmit diseases. Do ticks fly, Ross? Okay. So, <laughs> but they're still very important <laughs> in terms of the <laughs> Totally. <laughs> I was concerned for a second. I thought, I've really missed something here but in my life. Insects, insects have, have like evolutionarily, they, they've, they've, you know, with animals, they, they have this relationship where they, you know, the diseases have, have used them as vectors mm. to transmit. So, I mean, over millennia, that's... that's you remind me of, I don't know if you've seen that, that uh, meme, it says everyone's brave about the cockroach until they find out it is wings. Yeah, you know, yeah. And that would, be, that would be horrifying. Okay, so Neil, um, I, think, I think the interesting starting point is what are the different ways that we can use to control insect pests? Okay, I think um, the biggest problem um, on an equestrian yard is um, flies. Mm. So, um, because they are actually quite a big vector to um, pathogens and so on. Yeah. So, and also they're really irritating. You walk into a yard <laughs> and you get this plague of flies just flying at you. No, definitely. Insane. I mean, my wife, there's three flies in the house and she's like, the three other ones, right? We know? must so, move now. Yeah, move no. and, and listen, what are you doing? You're working with all these stuff. Why do Look we have this. flies? Why do we have three flies? Yeah. So um, I think I think the biggest. I'm starting to think we should have gotten another expert, Neil. Three flies is three too many. All right. Well, <laughs> no, um, I, th I think I think the biggest thing that that we need to understand is that um, flies will be always will be with us, and the amount that you can um, you can control. Mm. And there's, there's certain methods that you can do this um, quite effectively. But I think we need to understand the fly life cycle um, for us to effectively control flies. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think most of most of the people um, living in, you know, like in, in, in um, the Hello. States and okay. all those type of things, they're not too sure on what this um, no. life cycle looks like. Well, like, it's weird because some of the yards that you'll go to, there'll be no flies whatsoever. And then there's always the same yard that have um, – fly problems you know they're just infested with flies and um i don't know what the factors are like that will contribute towards an increased number of flies within your Do you population. see a common denominator yeah, in the yards to to me it's it's yards that um that are closely uh, surrounded by water mm. so water yeah. and um and yards that have a large number of horses because there seems to be a lot of manure around mm. and i mean these yards are, are top top yards and they they spend all day trying to control these flies and sometimes you know the environment is just against you mm. um yeah yeah i think i think um something that that we've seen um especially in the, in, in the the pig and poultry um industry in the past two weeks well three weeks almost um, with with this heat that we've had um so we've had all this heat but not a lot of um rain or, mm. or, or moisture um I've, I've seen obviously the past three days um, there's been a bit of moisture in the air but um, 
it's it started off with a bang. I mean, we 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 literally had no. So is heat the is heat the primary thing that brings on the? Um, heat is one of one of the the factors. Mm. Um, I think the 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 time of year. Um, it's it's actually quite interesting and 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 um to see how the, it's it's like they've got a biological clock. You know, end of end of um from middle August um till end of August, beginning of September, and all of a sudden. You start. get this 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 um this boom because the 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 heat especially this year we we had no um we had no uh, a spring really yeah so it just we, went straight into yeah, the we summer went, it was we, horrifying yeah yeah so, and I think we we all like listen what what just <laughs> happened type of thing I'm um, very nervous for for February yeah and and and, and I mean the the that's one of the biggest factors okay. um uh, the the heat and the time of the year um that then you get that, that fly boom also with the midges as well it's almost <clears throat> when those rains hit and you have the heat and that environment is just primed you know it's like yeah. a um, theme box it, yeah. it just then you get this population explode and then you get this exponential growth right yes. because i mean in the beginning and, and you know um with the environment especially you have a lot of horses around you have a lot of manure around and then that manure starts getting wet because i suppose yeah. when it's when it's and and you get that warmth coming through um, then, then you just have one fly turns into two, turns into four, turns into sixteen, yeah, etc. I mean, <laughs> um, spoke before we we started. Um, well, back in back in the day, and I'm, I'm not going to say how, how, how old I am, <laughs> but uh, when buying a little chappy, then you open the paper, and then there's a did you know? So um, this is a did you know? Um, a chappy chappy paper knowledge. Yes, good. yeah. So um, a fly in its lifespan um, of more or less 28 days if you don't um, use insecticides, um, can lay about 500 eggs. And they, they, they lay them within 75 to 150 um, 500 eggs. Yeah, batches mm. of 75 to 150 okay. eggs. And within the winter, what happens is, is that they, they lay the eggs. A lot of people think that the, the fly population gets less in the winter, but it's just because their life cycle um, just becomes longer. So are you telling me flies are basically like in layman's terms hibernating? Yes. This is horrifying. Yeah. Okay. So 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 they lay their eggs in a cluster. Okay. And that cluster can actually go through the winter. The the, the eggs on the on the outside will obviously um will um die off of the, the, the cold and so on. But but the the, the, the eggs that's that's inside of the cluster, that they just hibernate. So pest control as, has to happen through winter as well. Um essentially. To an extent, yes, okay. um, but obviously it becomes less. Um, so the management of your your manure, and we're going to talk about that okay. right um, a little bit later, um, is also still important within the the winter as well. Um, so the reason why we get this big boom of of flies within um, when um, uh, the summer starts is because of that hibernated hibernating eggs. All of a sudden, the, the they've they've stored the environment. Is, okay. is is um, primed and then all of them just that's, i didn't know that that's actually crazy yeah. that's also like because i always wondered how do the diseases go from one cycle to the next right because if you assume that all the all the midges etc have died out and then they will now all the flies have died out how do they go because they generally pick the diseases up from from your host animal like let's say like uh, ahs or, or habronema or whatever um you have um, you know, they pick it up and then they kind of harm it. So they're like basically keeping that over the cold period of time and then they're coming back up and they're reinfecting the, the naive animals. So, I mean, that's how the cycle is maintained. So that's quite interesting yeah. that they, they stay kind of hidden there. So, um, yeah, it's quite interesting. So, Neil, will you take us through what the life cycle is actually? Yeah. So um, let, let's let's start in the winter time. So um, the life cycle, obviously, with, with, with a fly, it lays its egg. Out of the egg, then you get your three larval stages, L1, 2, and 3. And then the last larval stage then pupates. And then out of the pupa comes the adult fly again. So um, a lot of people also think that um, you you get a baby fly and it eats and then it grows <laughs> and then becomes this humongous um, okay. predator type thing. So no, but that doesn't happen. Those stupid people. I don't know who would think that. <laughs> Massive maggots. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I think... Um, it's just another another species of fly. Okay. So the the size that it um, um, comes out of the pupa. How many species it? of fly are there? Lots. Okay. Which is the one that goes into the wounds that you often see these these massive necrotic wounds with these maggots. And so um so, so so the IC uh, 
it's it's the fly that I, I don't know what what it what its um proper name is yeah. but in Afrikaans we call it spiker worm yeah. so um it's actually the fly that lays its egg on the animal and as soon as the larva the, the larva comes um, out of the the egg and it actually starts boring into that's what so we were talking about the mango uh, the mango that's that's mango. a mango fly yeah, but, okay. but there's other flies that i mean uh, so there's kudulstia i think kudulstia is also quite interesting um actually it's around here I've, I've seen it at a few yards and they have the flies lay eggs on the eyes yeah so and then you look in the eyes they start off with an ulcer and then you look and you'll see little like pinprick white um little larvae that's actually in the eye, eye gets very irritated and then you put some ivermectin in the eye or whatever you treat with and then the eye gets way worse after that because the, the larvae die and then it starts ulcerating. Um, and weirdly enough, at like very specific yards, so there's one around here and then there was a, there's another yard uh, closer to the West Strand, but only at those two yards I saw. Sure. So it's very specific around lots of water again, strange. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay, sorry. So you've got, and then the fly hatches. Yeah. And, so then and the how fly... long does that take, that whole? So, so, so with, with, within in winter time, um, that can be up to 28 days to, okay. a, to a month. You can say, you know, a month. Um, in summertime, that shortens to between three and, well, the books say between seven and 14 days, but I've seen it for three to, to, to seven days. Jeez. So if you've got one fly um, laying eggs. <laughs> you could have 500 flies in three days. In three to, <laughs> three, three to seven days. Okay. And then those hatch and then they lay 500 eggs. So it's, it's quite exponential. Right. So within a month, you're sitting That's with awful. 4 billion okay. flies. Yeah, I think someone can do the math on that and actually <laughs> see how many terrible. flies are on massive amount. Okay. Um, so, and then what's the best stage? Because obviously kind of by the time you've got 5 billion flies, you're shutting the door effectively after the horse is bolted, yeah. to, to coin a phrase. What's the best stage to be tackling, and or does it depend on the method you're using? Um, I think I think the biggest thing um, that um, that we've sp spoken about um, before we started was that everything starts with manure management. So the ratio of um, flies that you kill to the flies that um, breed out are one to four. So for every fly that you kill, four breeds out. So we are so so that puts you into a um, <clears throat> sorry in in a twenty eighty percent type of bracket. So um, twenty percent is the flies that you see. Eighty percent is still in manure form. So that'll be eggs, larvae, mm -hmm. and pupa. So most of the time, a lot of people take eighty percent of their resources towards twenty percent of the oh, pro that's problem. That's a good way of looking at it. Okay. So um, we need to actually reverse, reverse that. that. So that, that, that's why um, dry manure and a good manure management um, regime is probably the best fly control that you yeah, can do. Yeah. Like we were talking about the deep litter system, and like mm. I know it's very controversial, and I think deep litter systems can work when done right. Mm. Um, but I often see that, that, that when you go to yard, genuine large yards with deep litter, litter systems have more flies at them mm. just because you've got more material for the totally. flies to go into. And we're talking about, um, you know, turning that, that litter properly and, um, and, and using like a larva sides and things like yeah. that, um, okay. actually putting those granules into there. I don't know yeah. how well that would work. Yeah. So, so, I mean, um, so can we, can we touch base on, and Ross, you actually gave me this, this, this as an outline that there, and, and I don't know if this is correct, that there are four main approaches to control flies. There's chemical control, which would be your insecticides, um, biological control, like wasps and chickens environmental control which is removing places to spawn and then trapping yeah so um so so what we what i normally um try and, and and teach the guys um when i do training and so on is is that um if you've if you have a problem let's say you've got a yard and you've you've got a problem we start from the outside first so the, the traps that you that you place and um we, we actually spoke to about that as well so some people say no you you need to put it close. Some people say, no, put it far away. Um, it's always a question. So, um, so what we've seen, especially um, in the poultry and the, the, um, the, the pig industry is um, you need to put that trap 30 meters away, 20 to 30 meters away from the area that you want to actually protect okay. or, or keep the flies away from. Because of um, the, the fly trap, it's got a pull of 
about 30 meters. Sure, that's quite far. Yeah, so because of the organic matter, so um, let's say you use a, a red top type of, of, of product or you use a, the, the buckets, uh, the, there's buckets um, on the market I like market those red well. tops because they're cheap as chips, like essentially, like and um, and they seem to work quite well. Yeah. But a lot of the time you go to the yard and then you say, hey, um, you know. Why is it outside the stable? Yeah, well, no, not even that. You say, you say, well, they say, okay, we have a lot of flies. And I say, well, there's no one way to, you know, to control it and then i say red tops work quite well and they said oh, we've got lots of red tops and then i go and look at the red tops and a there's no bait in them or b or they're dry they're dry <laughs> exactly or the little top on the top is off and the rain goes inside um and then the other question they have is oh but i don't want to be drawing flies away from you know all the neighbors must not all the flies are coming from my neighbors to me yeah i suppose know? that's the problem with the high density properties we yeah. have specifically in Kailami. but i mean in the end of the day you're working in a, in a fixed environment i mean mm. your property like the flies don't care about you. How far can flies fly? Like what is their so, um, territory? Normally between three and five kilometers. Seriously? Wow. But with the wind, um, the University yeah. of Ontario um, did a study. I don't know how they did the study, <laughs> but um, it's 32 They gave them all little fly passports. Go on, little yeah. GPS trackers, and there they go. City two kilometers. Miles are the worst. Like, for example, geldings. You know, things that you don't, that they don't particularly transmit um, you know, uh, infectious diseases, but flies transmit all sorts of, you know, fecal matter that they mm. land on. And um, geldings, you, you really stress when you do a gelding in the summer because um, you've got all yeah. that blood and especially an open gelding. Um, you know, the flies go in there and then that's just infection, infection ready to mm. happen and on wounds and everything like that. Um, so, I mean, flies... And also just the, the secondary, I think, like when they irritate a wound without it getting infected, exactly. the horses rub it. Yeah, then they, you get some you know, blood pressure. Mm. Or the habronema that comes through. Habronema is, summer sores are the worst. And they just sometimes just don't go away. They're like the most challenging things to treat. So And what is that where the fly lands? So, so the flies have... Um, this it's pack. a specific kind of fly, right? Um, it's it's your normal house flies, okay. uh, and um, and they all transmit habronema, which is a is a parasite that is associated with okay. flies, like a little worm, and um, then they will target the flies will target um, your um, sorry, it's your tabernets that that carry those habronemas, and um, they will the flies will then go to like your your um, cutaneous areas on the body, and then then the little worms will basically get deposited there and um, then they will actually migrate into the, um, into the tissue. So you see them on the eyes, um, on the, around the mouth often, and they'll start off as a very small sore um, with a, like a, like a well-circumscribed small mm. sore and then it grows rapidly mm. because those, those eggs and then those, those parasites actually start um, they, they start proliferating and you get almost like a, a, a proud flesh type of reaction. Yeah. And um, and it's so difficult to get rid of them. I remember seeing that and it was almost like it was hard on the outside and I was I, I tapped yeah. it and then I peeled it off and I was like, this is and, not good. And, it, and 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 you have it on the on the eyes, on the on the I've had often um on the, the lips, and then also like with males on like the, the penis and on the sheath, they get quite bad. Okay, um, and the imports seem to get it worse than and just to what I've seen, the imports seem to be really affected by them as well. And I, mean, I think also, like when you speak about the deep litter system that originated in Europe, where there are just less, yeah, it's just not the climate yeah. for yeah, these kinds of things. There, yeah, um, I mean, you can use a deep litter, so just make sure that you know you're doing things as like like yeah, what Neil suggests. Okay, yeah. so so we were talking about the the control factors. Yeah. So, so so just something on 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 the the fly traps as well that I've seen is that um, especially like the red top. Um, most of of um, the liquid it it actually gathers at the bottom, mm. so that needs to be agitated like every second day type of thing. Oh, okay. Because don't take your hand. Um, <laughs> please learn that out of my faults. Personal experience. Yeah, your hand will yeah. think for a week. Okay. So just just take a branch and just at the bottom, just okay. uh, agitate it so it it does smell so that it attracts the fly. So okay. it won't attract a fly from five kilometers away. Um, but it's going to pull them yes, in yeah. the area. Something just to um, keep in, in mind that we've that we've seen is um, it it would be adv um, advantageous if you know what the predominant wind direction is. Oh, that's interesting. So okay. um, what we've done at at a few chicken farms is that we place um, on 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 the border fence from which side the wind comes, and we've placed on the other side as well. So 
the, the um, we had a problem and we, we, we actually um, you almost intercept them. Yes, yeah, like okay. like like place a barrier. Okay. Um, of of um traps. traps. So that, yeah. that, How that many works. traps do you put in place? You know, that's the question. Like, I mean, if you've got a bad fly problem and someone says, "Hi, hey, I've got one trap up," it's not doing anything. Like, yeah, it's not gonna. Do you have to put like a row of them yes, yeah, thirty meters apart? Thirty or? meters okay. apart. Um, and um, if 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 you've got like a block type of of yard, then one in each corner type of thing, depending on how. How big the yard is, yeah, and where so, the stables are. Yeah, so I think I think rule of thumb thirty meters. Um, okay, and how often do those traps need replacing when they fall? Um, I would say, well, it depends on how, how much okay. flies you've got, because um, the flies also they they lay um, the eggs and um, the larvae and all that um, actually starts breeding within that thing, but they can't oh, come out, okay. and that also stinks, and so that also attracts. So as soon as it's full, um, it depends on how many um, what what your fly fly load is. And is that is that an insecticide in there? Is that is that toxin? No, no. no. So disposing of it, no. you just wrap it up and yeah. chuck it away. Yeah. Okay. So um, it's so like a, a bait system. Yeah. So I'm sorry. There was a very cool thing in one of the yards. They went and like similar with a bait system, but they said no. The red tops they got too bad a fly problem. They they're going to ramp it up. So they went and took a big bucket. And they put um, some rotting meat at the bottom. Yeah. And then, you know, you get those fly zappers, those big um, commercial ones with the blue light and everything. They put that on top of it, <laughs> on top of this, this, this bucket. Like, that, that, right? <laughs> so now the flies try to get in there and there's just... <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like Vietnam gunfire but, in the yeah, back of the... But, um, yeah, exactly. Had a bomb proof your Listen, face. South Africans are just the, the most <laughs> inventive so crowd. That's amazing. That, that, that was a good idea, but um, uh, I just don't know how safe this thing is pivoting over there. But yeah, yeah, load shedding. Load shedding. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen well. with that. So yeah, so um, so so that's that's the first thing um that that we look at um is just, just to, for immediate relief. Yes, yeah, okay. Is, is your 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 perimeter, and then obviously um. The biggest thing is your your manure, and that's that's actually something that I want to just uh, um, stand still a little bit. Is um, obviously between three three and seven days, you've got your whole fly life cycle that's completed within the manure, um, and then you've got a lot of flies. So with that, we use um, IGRs, insect growth regulators. So you get um, diptera specific um, um, insect growth regulators. So the good doctor will will tell you what that means. Diptera specific means it's it's um, species specific. Okay. okay. So if if you have stuff like uh, wasps or so on that you that you're using uh, within your manure, it won't uh, affect the the the, the wasps. Um, it will only affect that's the flies. Yeah. Okay. So um, so 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 that's a, that's a very nice thing to um to to use and quite. Um, important as well. Okay. Um, I, I don't think you can. How often should, and, and I mean these big muck heaps, obviously for big stable yards are a problem. But how often should manure be being removed from the properties, especially? And like, I don't want to say specifically Kailami, but we are all living on top of yeah. each other here. So the best flight control is to have the manure off the farm as soon as possible. Okay. Um, What's the maximum? Days, yeah, three to seven days. So, so the I'll, maximum every three days it should be being once removed. A, once a week, I think will. Okay will be okay. will be sufficient but if 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 it's not um feasible to do that um, quite regularly um the farmers that that knows how to make the best manure here is dairy farmers okay um and i've i've, I've done we've done we've done a a, a road show with the uh, um the milk um, producing organization down in KZN once and what they do is they 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 do their manure heap. It's it's nice and high. They pile it as high as possible, with with the smallest base as possible. Oh, that's interesting because that's where all the moisture sits. Yes. So so gravity is your friend. So it pulls down all the moisture to about a meter, a meter and a half, the base, and you only treat that base with your that's larvae. Amazing. So um, a lot of people think now I'm going to spread this out um, to try and dry it. Or, yes. Yeah. Okay. But flies breed in the first 10 centimeters of manure. And then you've got lots of 10 centimeters. Yeah, so too. deeper than that, it becomes hot because the compo composting um, takes place and so on. So you want, to, you want your, your lava site to be, to be within that 10 centimeters. Um, so there's lava sites. And can you just put lava sites around the outside of it or do you need to put it on the base before you build the maquis? Um, 
I think if you build the mucky after that you've built it <laughs> and you're like okay for the next week I'm not be able, won't be able to okay. to remove when you you treat it okay um, and then there afterwards um, every second second week so it's a two week um, application okay but if it rains most of your 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 IGRs are water soluble so it will leach so okay. after rain you're gonna have to treat again okay okay and I suppose in, again in Gauteng where you've got rain sometimes. Every afternoon for a week. That's all. Yeah, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was trying to think. I've just lost my train of thought. The mac heaps, removing that. Um, environmental control. So, I mean, besides that, sorry, biological control. Yeah. Your chickens and your wasps. Are wasps okay to to be? Uh, do you put them in the mac heap to help control the larva? Or yes, and then you what can. happens when you remove your mac heap? You wave um, goodbye to your wasps. Yes. And you hope I, that the nursery who's taking them doesn't. See you when they get stung. Yeah, so so, oh. so so that little wasp is so minute. Um, okay. The the size of, of of a fly pupa is probably a rice rice grain size. So um, so that little wasp is, is quite quite small. The the, the only thing um, that you need to keep in mind if if you use insecticides at your yard. Um, and you're using wasps, you need to keep those two separate. Okay. Okay. So. Um, those that, wasps are very cool. They're like parasitic wasps and they fly through and they're like, they find the, the fly pupa and then they lay their eggs in the pupa and then they <laughs> feed on the pupa. But the thing that you must, must remember is that one wasp is only going to take out one, one pupa. Okay. So, you know, wasps alone is not going to fix your problem. That's why it's a holistic approach. Mm. You need to take all these factors that we're discussing, put them together um, in a logical manner and mm. say, okay, well, then you will have the best outcome because this is going yeah. to control. And as you said, you know, 80% of the problem is actually in your, you know, in the larval stages. Yeah. I mean. No, yeah, I find that interesting that we are spending yeah. so much on fly spray systems exactly. in the stables. Exactly. Yeah. You know, any DEET, I, I was speaking to you earlier about the DEET-based products, you know, that we love, the tabards and the peaceful sleeps, yeah. you and know. And that's for midges, not really and, for flies. Yeah. Um, you know, with regards to DEET, also something, it's such an expensive, uh, so um, Patrick Page did a study on, on the DEET and, and he went and um, had a whole lot of uh, midge traps and, and he um, and he basically did the study where he wanted to show out of DEET, citronella and, and another type of repellent which worked the best. And um, strangely enough, citronella actually um, brought attracted the them, attracted yes. them. I've heard this but as well. I think that's also, I spoke to Patrick about it, it's a lot large about the, like, the sample size that they used. Okay. So I wouldn't say like citronella attracts them, just maybe it but didn't have any effect. citronella was the big, it was a big winner about eight years ago. Yeah. Hey? Everything was. But DEET, DEET works for the midges yeah. specifically, but the problem is, is it's very expensive. Mm, so um, like, um, so it's in Tabard, the ointment. The Tabard spray, though, there's a Tabard uh, spray, that doesn't have any DEET, deet in it. So you must oh. just look what's in it. Oh, yeah. that's an interesting. Yeah. Um, because I went to the yard and I oh, there's Tabard spray and I looked and there was, no, there was a, an insecticide in it. But okay. you must understand the difference between insecticides and, and repellents. You know. And what is the difference between an insecticide and a repellent? So the repellent will just deter the, the, the vector. The insecticide will kill the vector. Okay. So that's that's the biggest biggest um, difference between the two. And um, the wasps and the IGR themselves, um, as, as Ross said, is that only that won't give you the holistic no, approach that you need. So you need to have some sort of knockdown um type of 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 mm. regime as well um and they they are very nice products on the market that you can use with the horse within the stable and it's got no effect uh, whatsoever so we we actually use it quite quite um, extensively because a lot of people are worried about dogs yeah uh, and and the other insects you know like you you speak about um like bees yes yeah. you know and and we're becoming and i think mm. there's a big so i would be interested to hear what you would suggest this and it does tie in with the whole holistic strategy but we are becoming a lot more eco-friendly in the horse bees in the horse good. community we want to keep the bees we want to keep, bees. Bees we don't, keep don't spread disease. grasshoppers Sorry, we want to yeah <laughs> you know we want to keep all the nice things so how like like insecticides are a very loaded debate with yes, us you yeah. know because we also want to be kid and dog friendly in case someone goes and licks a wall so yeah know? i think you want like a targeted approach yes no for sure so um, I think I think applica um, when we do trainings on on farms, um, especially the, the the chickens and the pig farms, we we um, we harp on on application. Application is key. Um, okay. I mean, we've 
we, we've had a client where um, where they've had litter beetles um, on the farm, on, on a chicken farm, and they, they were spending thousands of rands trying to, to, to get um, this under, under control. And they phoned us, we went there and opened the, the cupboard and I'm like, I phoned my boss, I said, listen, we're in trouble. And he said, like, why? Because all the actives that we've got is in that cupboard. Mm -hmm. so, and, and it's not working shop. for them. And so then, then, then we said, "Listen, show me how do you how do you apply the oh, product?" Okay. And there, there were certain irregularities regarding that. And as soon as we've corrected them on the correct methods, all okay. of a sudden it started working. So I think the big thing that we need to understand, um, and the listeners um, need to understand, is that insecticides um, there's there's no safe insecticide. Okay. Unfortunately, but I can't see that we can move away from that completely. Okay. The amount we use and so on, we can actually uh, govern by management um, type of things like manure management, getting it off the, um, off the yard, those type of things will actually reduce the amount of insecticides that, that, that you use. But um, as, as Ross said, that um, the, the targeted approach where you use it, so you're not gonna be willy-nilly put it in a firefighter and spray your whole um, garden with okay. it type of thing so we you need to to identify where's your problems where do the flies um, congregate and you focus on those areas um, with the applications of um, insecticides but like i think there's there's so many different insects that we need to have a look at also i mean there's the flies and like um you know things that are work for flies are not going to work for midges um and the same thing is not necessarily going to work for mosquitoes so with regards to diseases, every single insect is transmitting a different type of disease that you want to avoid. Um, and like with regards to flies, your habronema, with regards to your midges, it's just your AHS and your EEV. Um, and with regards to um, your mosquitoes, your West Nile virus and um, your other orboviruses, those weird neurological ones. So I think, you know, in, in top of having a holistic approach just for, for, your, for your flies, you need to integrate all your other, you yeah. know, aspects in there as well. So, um, you know, it becomes quite difficult, I think. And I have a lot of sympathy for, for yard own, owners to to try and, and, and get this under, under, no. under wraps. Because, you know, with that exponential growth that we spoke about and, you know, bringing up that 80% that's in the earth, you know, people only really start stressing about the flies when they're visually there. Mm. You know, when you walk yeah. into that yard and, you, and especially white walls and you see them all over the wall mm. and you walk in there and they... And they rise, the buzz. They rise up, <laughs> and and then you under a beehive. And then so. these poor people, you know, they say, "What can we do?" They they ask me, and I say, "Well, you know, this is what other people have done." Yeah. But um, you know, at that point, it's almost too late. You need to start getting getting control of it yeah. now, and and start sorting it out mm -hmm. before that population grows, and, and you have that eighty percent. I think, I think um, to be proactive is 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 actually quite key mm. because as soon as you've got the problem. It takes a lot of money to sort out the problem. Mm. Um, and I think, um, but luckily, um, regarding flies, midges, and mosquitoes, there are some products that actually um, insecticides that take out all of, all of those at, at once. Okay, um, and, it's, and it's a nice, it's, it's, it's products that you, that you spray on the wall and it's got a residual. Yeah. Okay. And so, so it's a targeted approach. You know where you're putting it. Um, so what? What are the? What's the active in those? Is it like? Because um, I, I always say beta core. You know, we always used to you know um, mm. spray beta core on the horses, which is um, yeah. your pyrethroid, right? Yes. Um, interestingly, beta core uh, pyrethroids are toxic to to horses. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we're well, like, talk, I don't care. Someone's gonna die. It's us or the flies. But it works. It works yeah. well because you're only spraying it on certain areas. You're not using too much. A horse is a large animal, and like you said, you know, like mm. it's about the dose. So I mean, you you can use a small amount, and it's not going to cause any toxic effects. But I mean, cats are also susceptible. So you know, you don't want to go and spray your cat with basically. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I mean, um, um, a active that works very well, um, specifically on 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 walls and so on. Um, because I know a lot of the yards, um, the walls are not plastered. They, they're sometimes brick. Yeah, okay. those grease blocks. Or, yeah, so, yeah. And, and I mean, that's something that you also need, need to keep in mind um, is if you've got a coarse um, surface and you spray a, um, a, a SE that's a, a super concentrate or emulsifiable concentrate um, that is a liquid as origin, um, sometimes... 50% of the active pulls into the wall because it's coarse. Oh, 
So you would actually want to use something that's that's like a wettable powder that sits on the outside that's of the wall. That's interesting, Neil. Uh, so okay. that more of the active is available to kill um, okay. the vector. Um, so the, the a very nice um, active to use is a delta methrin because they call it a highly excitable pyrethroid. So if you take, um, let's say, diluted, but you know, the, um, delta methrin and the cypermethrin, and you um, actually put a, a drop on, on, on your arm of each, the delta methrin will start burning um, quicker than the cypermethrin because you've got that highly excitable pyrethroid. Okay. Um, because um, like reticles also have a pyrethroid. Um, so... Yes, there's so much to talk so about. Much, there is, I'm just fascinated listening but to what this. Because... Them, everyone says, okay, I've watched this, you put it on the wall, and they said, no, but the, they don't want the horses licking the wall. So I'm <laughs> like, well, then don't put it on the walls next to your stable. Or, or I suppose, I mean, a horse licking wall is not going to... Put it, just put it above the, I would imagine, also yeah, above the... So the, the, um, that, that type of product is actually used with, with, within, um, within pig farms. Okay. Oh, yeah, and okay. I mean, that, that little they, pig is... Yeah. Yeah, Lick everything. They lick everything. Yeah. Okay. So, you it's know, um, so, 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 so as soon as the product is dry, it's actually very, it's very It's about soft. having, like you say, you know, what, what's, and, and I don't think, you know, in, in my years being in and out of stable yards, that I've ever heard someone, because a lot of yards also have a brick stable and a wood stable, yeah. and they're treating them the same, yeah. you know, which is a really interesting consideration, you know, that they, they've effectively halved the value in the one stable block. Yeah. So um, I, th I think, I think another thing is that, we need to keep in mind as well that um, certain certain products fall in certain groups of actives. We need to we need so, so that that's why I said there's so much to talk about uh, because you need to shuttle your 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 um, your products as well because you can't use the same thing for the next yeah. five to you ten get years resistance, right? because you get resistance and all yeah. those type of things. And I'm sure people land with a product they really like and then they commit to it for yeah. three years. And and, and, and I mean know. there was a um, there was a, a animal health company that um, had a product that was a bait and it was a, um, a organophosphate bait. So then obviously in Europe, they banned organophosphate mm -hmm. and they brought out a new um, product. And a carbonate. <laughs> <Just words. laughs> no, it's, it's, it's actually new nicotinoid. So, um, and it hit, it hit the, the, the South African market and farmers were in uproar. They would say, this is the biggest load of nonsense that you could have brought out. But if you ask the farmers now, it's probably oh, one of the best products on okay. the market. But it's just because they didn't understand the mode of action. They didn't mm -hmm. understand in which group that certain okay. product fell. So um, It's good to hear there's change resistance in all elements of the world, you know, even yeah. with pig farmers. It's not just like that, you know, the anti-vaxxers or people in corporates who hate change. It's yeah. everyone. Yeah, so um, so so that's that's something that. What about those um those so like there's the the traps so the beta traps yeah. there's the chemicals that you can spray on the animals themselves like beta cool um there's the um the repellents that you can spray on um the repellents make sure if you're going to go for midges it must have DEET. um then there's the wasps yeah. right oh, chickens um, chickens are quite a loaded thing so I've got a lot yeah, of clients who chickens. who say idea. that. Well, well, uh, the, the complaint is I, I had one client who bought 20 and she says they bought the flies. They brought the flies. You know, they didn't have this many flies. Now they've got flies. Yeah. Um, they might also have bought them have? in September. Did they like, have you know? like 40 chickens in <laughs> three square meters space? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so um, should chickens work? Like are they? A... I've seen that chickens work on a feedlot. Skropunerkis. Um, um, because they obviously they they scratch and they eat the maggots and all those type of things. So um, I don't want to say that that they didn't bring the flies. Um, I don't want to offend anybody, <laughs> but it's okay. un unlikely. It, it depends on how, as you okay. said, how many um, chickens in which um, type of area. But um, then, do you have to be careful? Like, if you're using a larva side, do you have to be careful about the chickens eating the larva? No. no. No, so uh, because it's diptera specific, so okay. um, so it only kills um, the 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 fly larvae. So most of your your um, IGRs, your insect growth regulators, are all all chitin inhibitors, or um, it disrupts the the um, the production um, okay. of of chitin. So um, chitin is a a substance that makes up 
the the physical structure of um, the like larvae, the, as well, yeah, the exoskeleton as well as the pupa and so on. So okay. there's nothing that you can do um, towards the the, the eggs. Okay. okay? Um, if you don't use wasps, there's nothing that you can do um, against pupa. So the only place that you can actually control um, a certain uh, vector is with um, adulticides or larvicides. So okay. it just it just um, it stops the the, um, the life cycle moving to the next stage. Okay. Yeah. Where does um and this was also just a very popular product a few years ago, diatomaceous earth. Where does where does that fall in? Is it chemical control? Um people people were fanatical about scraping up the beds, laying this down, putting it down, feeding it to their horses, putting it on the muck heaps. Um to be quite honest, I don't have a lot of experience um with with products mm. like that. Um I think it could definitely help with the absorption of moisture. Yes, yeah. um, and I think that that's probably one of the biggest reasons why they've put it before they put mm. down the, the, the bedding. Because <clears throat> is like clay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think something like that, if you have a manure heap and you know that, listen, um, after that you've treated with your, 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 um, your IGR, um, just to and it rains and stuff like that, you can use it just to, to, um, dry, up. to dry up a little bit it's of moisture. It's a good binding edge. You can use it in diarrhea as well. It works quite well. Like, um, to, <laughs> but also with, with <laughs> to feel the horse sore. Oh, okay. Yeah, so okay. It, it's a good binding agent. But okay. um, as an as a actual mechanism of action, as an antiparasitic, I don't think there's anything really like specific. You know, maybe it has an environmental effect to it. Okay. But people do like to use it and it's, it's cheap. Mm. So Okay. What about those um those those tapes? Tapes, yeah. The tapes. Yeah, you see, tapes. Um, it works it works well. Mm. Yeah. Um it's just the roll then. Yeah. So, <laughs> Taking them down is the yeah. is just terrible. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a one it wonder type of thing. Okay. So you put it up, if it's full, you take it and you toss it away. But but in, in insensitive areas it does work very well. Okay. Uh, where you where you're not allowed to use insecticides and those type of things. Um, I, I found the tapes, like people put the tapes up and then they get like covered in flies within a day and then they'll have to replace them and they say, and then the flies are back. And I think that goes back to what you said, you know, 80% of them are still on the ground. Yeah. And then, I mean, if you're not treating all the different lifestyle, life stages and, and, um, and trying all the different environmental areas and attacking them, then you just, you're just throwing money at, at nothing. Yeah, just throwing it against yeah. the wall. Yeah. So Neil, you come into a yard. Yes. You're coming in. What is the order that you would tackle things in? You would go and put up the bait bags. Yeah. So, so firstly, I, I would say um, the yard, <laughs> the yard owner. Um, just take me to the place where you've got the most flies. Where do they congregate and stuff? So, so that'll tell you a lot about what's happening on on on, on mm. the farm. Um, it's funny because I think you might find a lot of yard owners take you to the feed room because that's where the yard owners hang out, not at the muck heap, <laughs> which is where they yeah. should hang out maybe. Yeah, and probably the yeah. kitchens. But yeah. um, so I, th I think the biggest thing that, that, that I go um, and look at first is what is happening with their manure because, okay. I mean, that's 80% mm. of it. So what are you doing with your manure? What does the bedding look like within the stables, right? Um, and then I'll ask them, what are you currently using for flight control? Then they'll tell me, listen, A, A B, C, and so on. Um, then I would ask them, listen, what other farms or what other um, animals are in the vicinity close to you? So that, That's that, interesting. We often don't think about our neighbors. Yeah, or... because, because that gives you an idea from if – are the flies coming from somewhere or not? Mm. Where do I put my, my, my fly traps? Um, how many do I put down? Um, that, that type of thing. A lot of people don't know. So then you put your fly traps um, and you'll see which fly traps fills up first. And you know, okay, predominantly that's, that's the area that it might come from mm. um, if it's not breeding yeah. <laughs> on, your, on your yard. So um, after, the, after that, um, then I'll... Then I'll um, ask them listen, what, what you're using, and then they they'll show me, and then I'll say, listen, show me how do you use it, because it's all about application. Oh, that's true. 
What are you using and how are you using it? Yeah. Um, and my- I had a friend who ate a suppository once. And and the doctor was like, she says these anti-inflammatories just aren't working. And You're he sure was like, this was a friend. And she said, <laughs> and she said, um, and he said, and she says, and it just didn't taste very nice at all. And he was like, oh, no, like that's not that's not what it was. Packet. That's not what it was for. And she, she still said, like, I can never go back there again. You know. No, for sure. So, um, but everyone must work together because I can imagine, like, let's say, um, you know. You want to go through at least five cycles or so before you can, let's say you see, okay, there's a massive explosion of flies. Now you're seeing the 20%. You can assume that there's 80% still in the ground, right? Yeah. So like four more. Bad days coming are coming. Through, right, yeah. bad days are coming. So then you want to start hitting it hard from your, your side. So then you'll do the baits and the, you know, the fly spray and, and Change the muck heap. The muck heap. Yeah. But, I mean, you still got your neighbors, you yeah. know, so you need to speak to, you know, the surrounding, you know, get everyone involved. Mm. Everyone should be yeah. involved. Um, otherwise you're just kind of fighting it yourself. Yeah. And then you need to, you know, even if the flies are gone, you need to still apply all of those things, you know, otherwise. Yeah. Because Stay on you, top of it through winter. Yeah, so, well, and, and, and I think, I think, um, I think one of the things that actually um, depresses a lot of um, yard owners is like, listen, there's no breeding on my, st at, at my stables. We take out the muck, we, um, we transport it somewhere, Maybe to Denny Mushroom Farm, I don't know. Mm. Um, but we still have loads of flies. Yeah. And 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 I think that that is quite disheartening for for, yeah. for, for some um, again. I've had I've had clients who like they methodically collect all of the manure and they take it to the track across the road and put it on the track. Yeah. You know? And and I think that's we also tend to have, especially in high density areas, we have a little bit of an out of sight, out of mind approach. Yeah. And I think understanding that a fly can fly five kilometers is quite humbling because yeah. you go, oh, okay, well, that's that's yeah. how far out of not my house, our neighborhood, yeah. you know, we need to be And I mean, we moving. Um, I stay in Pretoria and we're in quite a big residential area. So there's no farm animals quite, uh, you know, close to, to, to our house. And I mean, listen, if, if my little mini schnauzer does its business, listen, it's like... Mm. Um, so that just shows you that they do travel um, uh, quite extensively. And but I mean, if you took the manure and, and I, I like the idea of treating the manure, you know, yeah. and and adding aspects to that, you know, um, you know, larvicides and things like that. So before you go and spread it, mm. would it be safe to? Yeah, you yes, can, because it's because, specific. Um, because the the the, 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 the larvicide that is, um, you get one that you actually. Um, because a, a chicken is a monogastric um, animal, um, so you put larvicide in the feed. So they, they eat, the, eat the feed, the larvicide's in, in the stomach, and it gets excreted. So oh. the larvicide is already... Jeez, pre-built in. Yeah, with, with, within the manure. Um, unfortunately, it's only um, registered for... Otherwise, chickens that you have, you can feed it to them. It's such a good idea. No, yeah. so but uh, I mean, then you can't blame the chickens. You, you see, see. <laughs> method to the madness. So, yeah. um, but a lot of um, a lot of chicken farmers sell the the chicken manure to um, to cattle farmers, um, and then th they feed it to the cattle. And then the horse, the horse owners buy the cattle poop to put on the rose bushes, which are up the road from the. Yeah. the so, 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 it's just it just yeah. shows you that that the larva sites um, that you get is safe. So safe. Yeah, okay. because it's the terra specific, so um, it's got it's got no effect on on and the the cattle whatsoever. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just do want to say to the people who are watching, if you have any questions for lovely Neil or lovely Ross, please pop your questions into the live chat on the right hand side there. So the, the biggest thing that I am taking away from this is that the first thing people should tackle is their muck heaps. Yeah. And then probably their stables. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so to keep on it, like maybe even during winter, have some fly traps up. And mm. Yeah. And, and I mean, um, your, your um, frequency of applying, um, let's say, adulticides or, um, or insecticides will obviously become less within, within the winter. Okay. Um, it might be uh, it might um, become less within the summer as well as soon as you've sorted out maybe a few management things. Um, okay. So if you've got a problem, there's going to be quite a extensive um, program that you're going to. Um, if people are going to commit to an intensive program, is there a way to obviously with summer when the heat and the rains come, you know, you you have to be on top of it anyway. Yeah. But if you wanted to have 
a preemptive strike. I suppose August is the time to do it, where you would really try and like no, decimate your mucky yeah. Okay. What can properties that are close to water do? Because, I mean, that's also a prime area for midges, midges. And, and mosquitoes. Yeah, so, so that's, that's where um, something like a, a, a wettable powder type of product um, on the walls works um, quite well because um, the wettable powder is also um, more robust against things that break down actives. Um, I don't know if, if a lot of the, the, the listeners um, know, but stuff like um, UV light, breaks down actives, um, obviously oh, rain, okay. and dust as well. So dust actually cover the okay. the, 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 the product. Yeah. So um, if you spray... It's quite a hostile environment. Yeah, especially, for, yeah. Yeah, well, in, in Africa. Oh. So. <laughs> Africa is a hostile environment. So, I like that. Um, <laughs> but with the midges, it's almost, I find that it's very difficult to control them in the environment because they, they, they're around the water, you know, and yeah. unless you start throwing like... DDT into the water, which obviously you don't do. Tempting. Um, you know, then um, it's very difficult to control them. Or I've, I've heard a lot of people draining, you know, the water and actually, don't buy a property by water. Yeah, but I mean, the people actually have gone and drained the water. And with regards to to the midges um, and AHS, it's interesting because you'll see that it will start off in like um, uh, Pretoria North, that area around there, because actually that's where like in the in the eighteen nineties where Arnold Tyler came came from from the UK, like that's actually where he set up base of right support mm. to to study the diseases there, and that's where he found um, you know AHS and rinderpest, which he, he managed to get rid of rinderpest, so there's still hope for AHS. <laughs> um, you know, and and what you'll find on the maps because when the diseases come out and they report the the epidemiology maps. You start seeing it. It starts moving um, from that area, then going like uh, through Harties, then then um, it starts yeah, coming up, and then you can actually plot it, and you can see, okay, this area is going to get hit next. Mm. So, um, and that's all with the the rain and the water because it's a lot you know warmer down there and mm. a lot more water. So it's completely environmental. Um, and with your midges, to me, what's important is is keeping your horses away from those those high risk times during the day like your dusk mm. and your dawn mm. because that's when the temperature goes low and that's where the midges come out so control the environment as much as you can yeah, that's where you're controlling your animals in the environment so you know for the midges putting on your deet um and remember deet is a repellent so you can also put on a insecticide over that as well and i suppose fans like and shields are the big fans to and to obviously with that wind movement the midges get get affected and um then the shields you yeah, are like i'm putting screens on your on your shade on, nets but yeah. you can you can spray those those shade nets down hey with yeah. maybe yeah. something a bit more effective do you remember the, the, the um, I don't know if it's a mosquito machine. It was, uh, you know, I, I feel like it was sold to horse communities as a midge magnet. I think that might actually be what the name was. Midge, and it was a machine that you had to put like 40 meters away from the stable block. Yeah. And it's, you turned it on. I think it was gas. And, and it actually was meant to attract. And then you would have to empty out the bag of midges. Well, the midges every afternoon. are cool because like the way that you study them is you put these midge traps up. Which and they found that the midge traps are um the midges go towards like uh, shapes so they so they put these 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 is it a horse up. shape? It's it's like it looks like a large animal shape okay. like a, a cow or horse or whatever and then um and then they attracted to that and the CO two so it's very like shape orientated as well you know they they kind of target those large shapes. That's the CO two that attracts the the carbon yeah, dioxide. That and also um, some ticks are also so ticks you get predator ticks. Those flying ticks. <laughs> the flying ticks. <laughs> Um, but I mean, you get predator ticks that actually are attracted to CO2. So you can okay. take a CO2 block, like a dry ice block, and you can put it in the fault and you'll see that That's some amazing. ticks will start coming towards it. So sure. Cool. That's great. Yeah. Um, a question from Alison Hawk who says, would covering the manure heap in black plastic to heat it up help to reduce the flies? Um, definitely, yes. Okay. Yeah, so the, the, the big thing with that is that I've seen um, is when the wind comes, blows it off okay. and then it's left and then rain comes and then it's a big mess. So if, if you can keep your, your hand on it and you, you can actually um, cover it nicely with, um, with bricks on the end and all those type of things, then uh, it, could, it could definitely okay, that's um, interesting. work. Uh, what we've seen that also works sometimes is that because sometimes if you, if you cover it and you've got a lot of flies, um, then um, 
a client or two of mine have have sprayed the plastic with the insecticide. So if they come and sit on the plastic, then okay. it controls them as well. So, but um, to, to turn up the heat definitely works. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. But like, you have to be on it. You yes. know, you can't yeah. expect a result no. and, and be like, oh, I sprayed some stuff. And, you know, um, I think you have to be on it constantly. And, and I think, again, like, you know, what you said hit home. Like, you, even if you get rid of the, the adults, you still need to be on it because yeah. you're going hit to hit the next wave coming through. Um, and then like with mosquitoes, um, with the midges, you know, the mosquitoes, a lot of people take those mosquito coils Yes. and, um, and then at night, especially like high, you know, when you're really in the horse sickness, mm. you know, uh, time and, um, and, and you get a lot of vectors around and they basically have those coils burning in the. Mm. I've also, you know, it's also a bit of a fire risk, you know, in certain. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, it's choose your choose your poison, literally. You know, yeah. like what's going to happen. Um, but I think with the midges at night, then you kind of want to close in them, and you know, make sure that you you're trying to keep your animals mm. away from those midges, and it's those 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 low those cooler times. Whereas the flies are kind of constantly through the day. Yeah. You, so um, th they'll be most most active here from ten o'clock of past okay. tenish. Um, then midday they they, they energize. And then, when everyone's at their most frustrated and yes. hot and tired. Um, so, so yeah. if 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 you want to apply adulticides for um, for fly control, um, late late afternoon, early mornings, best time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, sorry, let me just check. Okay, I thought that was another question. So, a holistic strategy. If people go and they do follow this and they get the right product, they apply it correctly to the correct surface. And they, they're following a holistic strategy. Yeah. How long would it take for them to, if, and as you say, Ross, that they're yeah. on it, how long would it take for them if they were committed to see a difference in their, in their flies? What's I, the? I would say two weeks. Really? That little? That's amazing. Yeah. So it also depends on what's happening in your, in your, um, in your area, in your area okay. as well. Um, because you get people that just don't. Mm. Not bothered, you know. And I think this is a frustrating point. Like I know we we, we spoke about it, but you know, if you want your you, you know in a property, you need to do your part because mm. you can't expect the community. The community and like even if you you know, a lot of people complain because say they're situated next to a large stable yard and they blame the stable yard, you know. Um you you everyone needs to to kind mm. of be part of the the, the solution, mm. you know. Um, so I, I think that's, if more and more people got together and they follow the same holistic strategy, yeah. I think your outcome would logically. No, for sure. And I think, I think oh. the, one of the biggest things is, um, if everybody, and, and, and I'm saying this with, with the biggest respect, um, just a little bit more educated about, Absolutely. about, uh, mm. not, not that I'm thinking that they're dumb or something. I'm just saying. To, to, to be more um, educated about stuff like fly life cycle, how does it work, when to do you, what. You're saying that, things. you know, we're spending 80% of our resources tackling 20% of I mean, the problem. That's just such a great yeah. visualization for me. That really yeah. does, you go, that's totally, you know, we should all just live with the 20% for two weeks while we tackle the 80%, surely. Yeah. You know? And it answers questions why a lot of things just don't, I mean, like, for example, the tapes. The tapes will work for the adults. You know, but it's not going to solve your problem. And um, it's not like you shouldn't put tape up. You should use that in conjunction with other things mm. like the wasps. Um, so at North Rand, we, we use those wasps and often go and went and go, and go to get those wasps. And, um, you know, where you place them is also important. And, yeah. and I mean, wasps alone are not going to fix your problem. Yeah. But it's a nice add in, you know, if each one's doing 20%. Eventually, you're going to get it's marginal gains. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, mm. yeah, and I think something just to, to keep in mind, um, it, it might sound me a menial, but um, just around, not, not specifically the stables, but at your house, just, just make sure that the, the, your, your dustbin's lid is not a little bit of open type of thing. Um, Good point. Things like that. Don't, mm. don't have an a, a, a open dustbin mm. because you get some, some, some places that's got open dustbin and you put all your your um, food and stuff like that in there that you're throwing away, um, that also attracts. Um, and people who, after COVID, there was this boom of uh, backyard vegetable gardeners, you know, and then they've got a compost heap 10 meters outside and they go, I don't yeah. understand why I've got flies in the kitchen. But there seems to be so like a good way to compost. 
like you said that the dairy farmers are really good at composting because there's a, there's a technique to it almost, you yeah, know, but, to effectively compost. Um, yeah, co compost in, 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 in a certain way, but I think it's, it's more for flight control. Okay. Having the, having the almost like pyramid type of style. Okay. So do you get more heat then coming from the bottom because you've got more pressure, more density coming yeah. down? So that also so, makes so it. I, th I think the biggest thing is just the gravity pulling the moisture down yeah. to, to, a small uh, base. to the bottom so that you don't treat your whole heap, only the bottom part of it. Mm. Uh, so there you save on um, active costs. So. Well, we were talking another um, uh, disease, uh, way of controlling like midges and mosquitoes is you often see in, in, in yards, they've got this water system, with this very fine mist sprayer. Mm, yes. And I've seen it work quite well where, you know, it does cool down the horses and um, it's also really nice to sit on a really hot day. Um, <laughs> but then you add your repellents to that. Yes. And um, and then it gets like a really nice smell and then it, it but. Citronella. Yeah, <laughs> or, or whatever, or some, put some deets in there. Um, but what was actually interesting we were discussing that that can also compound the effect if it wets your bed, you yeah. know, in mm. the surrounding areas. It's moist. Yeah. yeah so, so, so if, if the nozzle is not uh, fine enough and it's more like, almost like a sprayer type of, mm. of, of droplet. And they get, they get clogged up quickly, yeah. you, you find. Um, oh. So, so that, that might, um, might uh, wet the, the, the bedding and actually um, mm. cause a wet spot where breeding starts and you might not even know it. It's so complex because then you're fixing your problems with your midges, <laughs> yeah. but now you're creating an oh. issue unknowingly with your flies and you just have good intentions. And I think that's the whole thing is that sometimes we do things with good intent, but um, but we, we're actually just shooting ourselves in the foot. Yeah. Well, like you say, you might con you, you win on one thing and you lose on another. And yeah. I think that's constantly, it's a state of evolution. But I think, as you said, you cannot take your finger off of it. Mm, you know, And I think like a lot of the time yeah. we kind of go... Well, I've sorted out this problem and something else takes your attention. And, and then and people then it's, get frustrated and mm. then they give up and they're like, oh, well, totally. just leave the totally, thighs. Yeah. Nothing works. Yes, that's the exactly the. Bad. Yeah. Uh, I'm just not going to do and anything. And then you see no. your diseases coming through. Mm. You know, Then you see your, your EVs, your AHS and, and all mm. of that stuff. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely warranted not to control your, your mm. population of insects because, I mean, nothing good can really come of it. If you have all these flies and insects going around, they're just no, going to spread absolutely. disease. But, you know, even you were talking about, um, you know, properties near water, and it was an interesting thing. Moritz Fertain stud, the thoroughbred stud, they specifically chose to be in the Karoo for all of those reasons, you know. Yeah. It was, um, or, or even like other parasites though, that are not flying, like gastrodiscus and things like that. I mean, you need a snail too. Mm -hmm. And um, and you, oh, you see that through through like having flays around. So controlling warts in your areas is very It's a massive thing. Yeah. Is there anything else either of you would like to add to that? I think the holistic approach is something that yeah. I personally have really taken away from that. I think that's, and to ignore the 20%, focus on the 80%. Yeah, I think, I think, um, I think, there's no um, silver bullet no. when it comes to um, to pest control. Um, I think something that we need to um, just understand is that you can control the load, but you won't you won't get it um, totally eradicated. You'll always have flies um, on some some of the the big farms. There'll always be rats okay. um, type of thing, but the amount you can control. Um, and I, I think if if if, if you um, as as I said earlier. Just um, read up a little bit um, those type of things um, um, on controlling certain vectors. I think it'll help um, quite a lot. I see all these like different types of um, fancy, you know, uh, catch uh, like traps and stuff coming through. I mean, is there one trap that is so much better than the other one, or is there a specific system that works um, best? The, the traps that work um, regarding UV light. Yeah. Um, works very well because a fly is actually attracted to UV light, so that's why you get those fly traps within the restaurants and so on. Mm. And you see, it's like a like a um, purpley type mm. of, of light. It attracts a lot of bugs, though, yes, doesn't it? Okay. It does, yeah. Okay. Um, and then so, so those type of, of 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 traps is is quite. Um, so quite would you effective. would you just keep those on during the day for flies and then turn them off at night, or you would keep them on just the whole time because they'll take the midges. Will the midges be attracted to those as well? I suppose, yeah. yeah I and think so. Yeah. As well. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so I that, think I think that the the day 
the day part, um, keeping them on in the day is is, is um, quite important. Okay. Because you get two 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 types. You get one that's that's the zapper that actually, like, is like yeah. yeah. Then you get the one with, with that actually catches. So it's like a like a, a glue board. So oh, it goes okay. goes to towards the light and it actually sticks to the glue board. Okay. So most restaurants and so on use that one because. You don't want to have a clap. Ch- so and it's all but it's so satisfying so. when you hear those <laughs> zaps. Have you like... seen those tennis rackets, the electrified yeah. tennis rackets? There was a violent debate on my Facebook feed when I was trying to find a, a pest control expert. And um, I think, I can't remember who it was who was tagged. And there was, I came back 48 comments later yeah. and everyone was talking about how much they loved the tennis racket. I was saying, okay, guys, cool. we can't, we can't use that. They just yards. don't last very long though. <laughs> and there was also another cool thing. Have you seen the salt gun? No, you haven't yes. seen the salt, yeah, the salt guns are super yeah, cool. They are like um, some someone's uh, brought them in, and um, they're basically these little toy guns that you put salt in them, and yeah. then I think it's air powered. You like pump yeah. them or yeah. something, and then they even got like a little laser the on them, and you shoot the flies. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I don't know how effective it is a fly control, but they're definitely okay. a board and Yeah, when yeah. you're sitting at the clubhouse, and you know, yeah. you, but, I, but I have to say, my my opa, he loves his little racket there. Oh, you see, you see, yeah. racket's cool. So, so, so you oh. seem like. Just don't want to hit but the it's horse the sound, with the like racket, you say. Yeah. The sound is the most the wapa. I, 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 I like the running commentary <laughs> while he's doing it. <laughs> you'll have it's to. Brilliant. You'll have to. I think that'll be a um, a podcast add-on. We'll have to give them a sound system, please. I want to hear Opa chasing the flies with a tennis racket. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us Thank tonight, both us. of you. Um, that's Neil Laupscher and Dr. Ross Hendry, um, our experts for this evening on how you can get rid of flies. Um, if you've just caught the tail end of it, I recommend you rewatch it and make sure that you say goodbye to the mental stress as well as the physical stress of having flies in your yard this summer. Uh, we'll see you next week. That is every night, every Wednesday rather at seven o'clock here on the SAEF podcast from the horse's mouth. My name is Georgie Roberts and thanks for joining us tonight.